0: Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped with the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now, for this week's message. A number of years ago, somebody took that phrase, and and, uh, you've heard it said that Jesus is the reason for the season. And actually, they they said, no, I I don't agree with that. They said, you're the reason for the season, because... You're the reason that Jesus came. You're the reason that he gave his life. And I know both are correct, but he, he, do, he, took, he did a play on it. No, really, we're the reason. He gave his life for us. It was his life that was given for us. And, of course, uh, there's a verse that I have there. Uh, further on we'll get to, but, well, let's go there now. Life is in the blood. Leviticus 17:11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Yeah, because when the blood leaves, the body dies, right? The blood is so important. Blood is mentioned over 700 times in the Bible. There's a lot said about blood in the Bible. From the very beginning, Genesis, all the way through to Revelation, there's a lot talked about the blood. And uh, it's a scarlet thread that runs through. You know, when we get to heaven, we're standing around the throne, we'll be singing a song about to the Lamb of God, that he's worthy to be praised, thankful for his blood. Blood can make us squeamish. Blood can be misused and so forth. But it's, it's life. Some of us, it's hard to, to see blood. We kind of, ooh, what is it about blood? It's life. That's what's so powerful about it. There's something in this Wonderful life. Oh, there's something about blood that speaks, and it speaks today. And today we want to look at this because in Christmas there's something very special about blood, and uh, we need to take time to talk about it. There, R. A. Tori, a great author, he said this: We must know the power of the blood if we want to know the power of God. Our knowing experimentally the power of the Word, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of prayer is dependent upon knowing the power of the blood of Christ. You know, sometimes as believers, we'll sing songs like there's power, power, wonderful working power in the blood, in the blood of the lamb. There's something powerful about the blood. When they came out of Egypt, they took the blood, they put it over the doorpost of the house, and the the spirit of death passed over. That's how we get Passover, passed over that door. There is something about the blood. And you say, well, how does that tie into Christmas? I'm a little bit confused. I don't know how this relates to Christmas. Well, I'm glad you asked the question because it has everything to do with the virgin birth. The virgin birth is central to Christmas. Take away the virgin birth and you don't have Christmas it's central to Christianity. Take away the virgin birth and you don't have Christianity. That's why it's so debated. That's why people are... It's a controversial subject. And because if you could eliminate the virgin birth, basically Christianity hinges on the death and resurrection of the Son of God. And it's, it's a fundamental core belief of all Orthodox Christianity that Jesus was born of a virgin. Why is that so important? It's important because the blood of Jesus was different than any other blood. Uh, It was sinless blood. Adam and Eve had fallen, sin entered into the human race, and it, it contaminated the blood. The blood, sinful blood, was passed down from generation to generation until Jesus came. Now, if you want to donate blood and you say, I'd like to be a blood donor, you'll go and you'll be tested. Your blood's tested for HIV, hepatitis B and C, syphilis, and other infectious diseases before it can be released to the hospitals. Aren't you glad they tested first? There's been cases where it wasn't or something got through and got, people got contaminated. There's a case in our Canadian history not too long ago and the blood was contaminated and it was a disaster and, uh, because it had a blood transfusion. When you go to the hospital and a lot of times you're not even in a place where you can have, ask, you know, hey, is that blood safe before you put it in me? You're, you're just trusting that the blood's good, right? Now, the blood of Jesus had nothing in it. It was spotless. It was sinless. It was pure. And so it can do a blood transfusion, a spiritual transfusion in our life. Why was it pure? Because Jesus was born of a virgin. His bloodline did not come from Joseph because Joseph didn't have sex with Mary. She was, became supernaturally pregnant. The word of God, it says the word of God was the seed. It was what brought life into her. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We sing about this at Christmas. And sometimes we, 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 we don't see the depth behind Christmas. I love Christmas trees. I like Point Santa's. I like the Santa Claus parade tomorrow. I think you should celebrate Christmas with all the gusto you can celebrate it. And God's okay with it. But never should we lose the meaning behind Christmas. We Whereas believers have to stay rooted in it, otherwise we'll miss the power of it. And you can get caught up in all the commercialism and all the other stuff. But to have faith strong, we have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the virgin birth, Jesus born in a manger to Virgin Mary, is a key core belief. And what makes it so powerful is that his flesh looked like everybody else's, but his blood was different. There was no sin in the blood of Jesus he was without sin. So when he would die, make a sacrifice, because it was spotless, sinless, we could have a transfusion, a spiritual blood transfusion. In Matthew 1, verse 16, it does not say, and Jacob begat Joseph, Joseph begat Jesus. It doesn't say that. Instead, it says, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. So it's called Christ. That's because it doesn't say, Jacob begat Joseph, Joseph begat Jesus. No, it stops. There's a correction. There's an important point there. Jesus was not... And now, his, uh, in the neighborhood, all the kids, all the other people that played with Jesus growing up, they said, oh, yeah, that's his dad, Joseph the carpenter. Now, if you go to Luke's gospel, Luke's very careful to insert a qualifying clause. as It says, as was supposed... Luke chapter 2, you'll find. I put it in your in notes. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, know what Luke says here, as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. And so people just supposed that Joseph was his daddy. But his real daddy was Father God. That's important because that's why his bloodline was pure. That's so important in the whole Christmas story. That's the red of Christmas. That's the power of it. The blood speaks. Blood, this message makes every demon nervous. You start singing about the blood, declaring the blood. It says in Revelations, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even unto the death. There's something powerful about it. Yeah. Now, the testimony of Jesus Christ as the eternal Son of the Father, not an earthly father, it's well-documented in the Scriptures by a lot of different voices. For example, the Father said, this is my beloved Son, Christ himself said, because I said, I am the son of God. The, Father, the spirit of God said, this is the son of God. Gabriel said, that holy one shall be called the son of God. John the Baptist said, this is the son of God. Nathanael said, you are the son of God. The demon said, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you are the son of God. You, the son of God. The apostle said, truly, you are the son of God. Peter said, you're Christ, the son of the living God. Those who crucified him, the Roman soldiers said, truly, this was the son of God. There's lots of testimonies that said, you're not the son of Joseph. You are the son of God. Your bloodline is different than anybody else who's walked on the planet. This is Christmas. This is Jesus coming to earth where his life would be given for our life. Where was his life? His life was in the blood. Now, blood's an amazing part of our bodies, and there are some striking comparisons between our blood and the precious blood of Jesus. So I want to go through just four of those tonight. We could add more, but just for four for tonight. Number one, just as our blood circulates and touches our entire body, so the life of Jesus touches every believer and unifies us. Do you know that in your body it takes twenty-three seconds for the blood to circulate through your entire body? Twenty-three seconds. What, what an amazing plumbing system we have, isn't it? Just think of it. Every 23 seconds, your little heart going ba-boom, ba-boom, boom ba-boom. Every 23 seconds, your blood goes all the way through your body. That's pretty cool. God is one cool engineer. I mean, it's just amazing. And that blood touches every part of your body. It's kind of neat. It just goes through and touches everything. And blood circulates as you're speaking. You don't have to purpose to, you know, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I kind of fell asleep on that. Come on, heart, get going here, you know. It just does it. We're created that way. And every 23 seconds, it's going through touching every part of the body. Blood accounts for 7% of your body weight. And the average adult has about 5 liters of blood in them you got about 5 liter, liters of blood in you and uh, so this touches every part of us now what's interesting is that anywhere you go uh, our our blood is exactly the same color chris and i have different skin color but our blood's exactly the same you can be, live in a different culture a different race a different echo a uh, different social climate a different economic climate it doesn't matter but our blood is all the same why it unifies us doesn't it it brings us all together you could be an eskimo up north you could be living in the jungles of the amazon or in downtown hong kong but every human being has the same blood doesn't that unify us amen likewise our blood circling through our body unifies us the blood of jesus unifies us he desired to have one body what brings us together how do we come into the kingdom of god it is by the sacrifice of our lord by his blood that was shed for us it brings us together to make us one that's why paul said there's neither jew nor greek male or female slave or free he was saying we're all one folks we're all one Loosen up. Love one another. We're the human family. And then he said, we're the church. Came together through the blood of Jesus. It unifies us. Just like your blood circulates around and unifies your physical body, the blood of Jesus brings us all together and makes us one. Man has divisions. God's not into that. God's into unity in a big way. Acts 17, 26 says, And he has made from one blood... One blood, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Then Jesus praying in John 17 says this. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That would be us because we're believing long after the disciples were believing. I pray they will be one just as you and I are one. And you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And they'll be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So it's unifying. The blood unifies Secondly, another quality about the blood is that in the same way blood brings the fuel of oxygen, nutrients to our bodies, the life of Jesus sustains the believer. Your blood, like I said, it's amazing. It's amazing science. We're a pretty smart bunch, aren't we, as human beings? We've discovered a lot of stuff, stem cell research, cloning, all that kind of stuff. But you know, they still can't manufacture blood. All the things we can make, but we can't manufacture artificial blood. The life, I I think there's something about it. The life of the flesh is in the blood. There's just something that's, mm, it's got the the stamp of our maker on it. This This is kind of my territory. I have the life territory. You guys could do a lot of stuff with what I created, but life is mine, God says. And we can't make blood. Uh, we can do different things with it, but we can't. If we did, we wouldn't need blood donors anymore. We'd just have a blood-making manufacturing plant, and we, you know, we would get a lot of blood coming out of the plant, and that would be it. Every minute of every day in Canada, somebody needs blood put into them. It's so needed. I was, and Dan, you would know better than I would, Pastor Dan, how much blood's needed in a car accident for somebody. But it's pints and pints of blood, right, that go into somebody in a car accident. Uh, if you have one cancer treatment, how much blood you need. There's, there's a lot of, if you're in the hospital, we, we kind of take this for granted, but there's, there's, there's such a need for it in the natural, but there's also this need for the blood of Jesus to change our lives, to be infused into our lives. Now, As your blood goes through your body, I'm no doctor by any means. I don't know much about this, but the little I do know, I do know that the blood kind of goes all through your system as it goes through every 23 seconds. You know what it's doing? It's dropping off some oxygen and some nutrients to all your cells. So blood's, you know, the chemistry behind blood is simply amazing. I, I picture like little dump trucks, and I know that's not very good, but I, I picture every blood like droplet of blood like a little dump truck, and it says, "Okay, load me up with some oxygen, I load me up with some nutrients." And here's some for you cell, so here's some for you cell, so. and then it gets empty. It empties all the blood, uh, oxygen, and you, you need oxygen because oxygen gives your body heat, gives your energy, quite something. You breathe it in, gets into your lungs gets in your, I just just like, wow, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How did you do that? He's able to breathe it in, gets into our blood. Blood goes on every little cell, gets dropped off some oxygen, some nutrients. And this is the way our body works. Likewise, Jesus supports us with his life. Your blood's doing that 24 hours a day. And the life of Christ flows into you 24 hours a day. It's not a one-time thing where we have a come-to-Jesus moment and that was kind of it. No, he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. A living plant. None of these things are living. These are just a whole bunch of fake things we picked up. But uh, that's fake. That's fake. I can't find a living plant around here. But you know what a real plant looks like. You got, there's the vine and the branch. 24 hours a day, the life out of the vine goes into the branch. And when we are one with Christ, as he prayed we would be, 24-7, just like your blood, 24-7 is dropping off oxygen and nutrients, Jesus is dropping us off just he's he's dropping life into us. As we abide with him, he abides with us. There's a very close similarity between what Jesus does in his life and the blood, our natural blood. John 6, 63. Jesus got in a lot of trouble for saying this. You can read the passage and you go home. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to are spirit and they are life. He said after this, you have to drink my blood. Now, if you didn't know anything about Jesus and didn't have any background, how many know that would kind of freak you out? Okay, not a cannibal. I'm out of here. And this is what they said. They, they, a lot of the people who were following Jesus said, that's it. You, know, you just freaked us out. We are not following you if we've got to drink your blood and eat your flesh. That's too weird. And he looked at his disciples. Are you guys going to go too? They said, well, where would we go? Like, we kind of left everything, the fishing industry, our accounting industry. we got nowhere to go. Yeah, nowhere with you. But Jesus wasn't speaking of his natural body. He was speaking spiritually. He said, I am the bread of life. My words are spirit and life for you. And daily have that flowing through you. So there's that analogy there, again, with the blood, our natural blood. Thirdly, just as the blood removes the waste from our body, the blood of Jesus washes away the spiritual debris from our lives. Now, again, going back to my little dump truck illustration. So the dump truck gets all loaded up with oxygen and nutrients, and it's going through the body. It's dropping off all the oxygen, nutrients to the cells. Oxygen for you, nutrients, oxygen, nutrients. Then he runs out. Then you know what he does? He picks up all the debris, puts it into the dump truck. Can you imagine if our food delivery trucks picked up our garbage? You go, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. It's contaminated. God is so much a genius. The same vehicle that drops off the oxygen and the nutrients also picks up all the debris. Okay, throw it on the truck, throw it on the truck, let's drop it off at the kidneys, let's drop it off at the colon, let's drop it off at lungs, take get rid of the CO2, and now it leaves the body. Wow. So it picks up the waste. The same now, likewise, how many know we live in a pretty spiritually dirty world? You go to your workplace, somebody tells a dirty joke, somebody's swearing, you, you you live in a world that's polluted, spiritually polluted. How do we stay pure? Thank God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, washes away all unrighteousness. Again, this isn't a one-time come-to-Jesus moment. I was just in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Rob Ford was in the news every day and interviewed on CBC. And he told Peter Mansbridge, you know, I had a come-to-Jesus moment. I don't know what that meant for Rob Ford. I, he needs a lot of prayer. I hope that he had a Jesus encounter, but I'm not sure what he encountered. But he, you need more than a come-to-Jesus moment. You need to have this life of Jesus flowing through you, picking up the debris. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. None of us can say, I'm without sin. We, you know, we just, we're finite. We do our best. But there's times where we have been unkind. We've said something we shouldn't have said. We haven't forgiven somebody. We've been offended or whatever. But aren't you glad for, just as that blood circulates through your body on an ongoing basis, aren't you glad that God continually forgives us? That we can remain right with God. Hmm. There's a verse there, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. says, to him who loved us and washed away washes from our sins in his what own blood there's that word blood again it cleanses blood is a powerful spiritual detergent nothing else will wash it what can wash away my sins somebody help me nothing but the blood of Jesus 24 7 washes away your sin this is the red in Christmas is this a Christmas message you better believe it this is a Christmas this is this is a Christmas message There's a red in Christmas. Christmas is about the sinless, spotless blood of Jesus, Emmanuel, who came to us through the virgin birth. Uh, Another great verse of 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah. That would make a great memory verse for the week. How many with me? I'll memorize that one. Anybody? All right. Let's check it off. Let's memorize that verse. We're memorizing one verse a week. If you're here, new to the church, we this month or this year, we've been devoted to the Word and memorizing one verse a week or one a month, whatever works for you. Okay. Number four, the fourth analogy, is that just as blood transfusion will save a person's life, Jesus offers a spiritual blood transfusion to save our lives. Ephesians one seven says... He's so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. He purchased our freedom. Your, your freedom was not paid for with mere gold or silver. No, it was paid. Your ransom, the ransom price. We shared this last week at communion. Your ransom price. It wasn't gold. It wasn't. You're so incredibly valuable. I mean, you are so valuable. They sold a Steinway for 1.4 million dollars. That's nothing compared to your worth. Bill Gates' big stash of billions of dollars is nothing compared to your worth. Your worth far exceeds that. Nobody could even pay your ransom except the father. And he stepped up and said, I will pay the ransom for you. What was the ransom? It was a precious substance. Precious. Not titanium, not gold, not silver. The precious substance was the sinless blood of the Lord Jesus. There is only about five liters of it on the planet. You know, they they take this theme, this story, and they spin all kinds of superhero stories out of it. You're going to find this in all kinds of movies, all kinds of themes, the same theme. But it's the greatest thing was about you, your incredible worth. And it was that blood. You can have a blood transfusion in the natural, but there's a spiritual transfusion where he takes away our sin, he washes away our sin, and gives us a new life. Victor Knowles, he wrote in his, one of his articles about the precious blood, this little story, and I want to wrap up with this. He writes, several years ago in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada, George and Vera were... Their lives would change forever. It was 1989. It was a normal Thursday morning. The phone rang 915. It said, there's been an accident involved, involved their son, Ben. As they approached the intersection near the, their high school, they could see the flashing lights of the police cars and ambulance units. Vera noticed a photographer and followed the direction of the camera lens to the largest pool of blood she'd ever seen. All she could say was, George, Ben went home, home to be with his heavenly father. Her first reaction was to jump out of the car, somehow collect the blood, and put it back into her son. That blood, for me, at that moment, became the most precious thing in the world because it was life. It was life-giving blood and belonged to my son, my only son, the one I love so much. The road was dirty. The blood just didn't belong there in the intersection. George Jones said cars were driving through the intersection, right through the blood. Her heart was smitten. He wanted to cover the blood of this coat and cry, you will not drive over the blood of my son. Then Vera understood for the first time in her life one of God's greatest and most beautiful truths. Why blood? Because it was the strongest language God could have used. It was the most precious thing he could give, the highest price he could pay. Through God's amazing love, we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. May we never treat lightning nor trample underfoot the blood of God's son. John, or Charles Wesley said, amazing love. How can it be that though my God should die for me? Thank you so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live in a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.